Hey, hey, folks, this is Zaid back with another episode of Drama Quest. I know it's been a while since we had an episode here. Um, I just said, you know, I've had a lot going on in real life. I've been busy and then I sort of just kind of lost interest in continuing with the project for a little bit. Not totally lost interest, you know what I mean? I always wanted to finish it and come back and do more, but I just had more pressing things um, th that were taking that time up. But recent events with EverQuest have uh, ignited the flame in me to come and make this episode, specifically this massive plat dupe that is occurring on all servers right now and hasn't been addressed at this time after like several days um, of it going on. Now we're going to get into that and that's a, a big deal right now, but it's not the sole focus of this episode. This episode is actually going to be me talking about uh, the legacy of staff incompetence um, for years and years and years now across EverQuest. Now, my timeline for this is specifically going to deal like mostly with uh, things that have happened since 2011, and I'm sure I'll miss some things. But yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. Um, over time, EverQuest has become more and more of a shit show, like a 24-7 clown car of obvious mistakes, of rules not being enforced, and just poor, disjointed, dumb decisions constantly, constantly. And players have been dealing with it. And in some place, in, in some cases, um, players have been the only reason that things got fixed or were developed correctly before things launched in a ridiculous state. So uh, let's let's just go through some of these. I don't think this will be a particularly long episode because it won't take me too long to list all of these things. Um, but I mean, like going all the way back to like 2011 here. You just got random GM rulings all the time. Whenever there was conflicts between guilds, you had like, okay, like th today to get the mob, you have to roll. Tomorrow to, to get a mob, you have to do Lord of the Rings trivia. The next day it's a duel. And then the next day it's first and force. And then today it's a DPS race. And, and the next day it's first to engage and blah, blah, blah. Like it, it was just a constant change in clusterfuck. And, uh, you know, we've had for years, probably forever, the problem of developers or GMs being in different guilds. And I mean, I, I could say this like very personally, you know what I mean? I've had people in our guilds who have worked on EverQuest, on EverQuest 2, and give you a direct line to staff when there are issues. Um, I've, I've been in plane of fear on, on Lockjaw and someone decided to train our raid and they got suspended immediately because a GM was in our raid honest player character, uh, all that kind of good stuff happens. And it just, it just shouldn't happen. It's, it's pretty unprofessional. And, uh, more often than not, when these people are in the guilds, the, the guild leaders know about it. We had a, a, a thing that happened a couple of years ago here where there was a, a top retail guild that had a number of developers in it. And they basically said like, Hey, can you show me a list of everyone in my guild who's using macro quests? And the devs were like, yeah, sure. And they just gave them a full list of all the players who were doing it. And uh, the screenshots with this showed that they included like the, the actual file path to, to macro quests in their, in the, in the players PCs, right. Their file directories, which is totally crazy. Um, and I mean, like I'm no legal expert, but probably illegal. Uh, so it's totally crazy that, that that happened. And, uh, you know, as, as far as we know, never was addressed or 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 had any repercussions, despite it being brought up. Um, usually, the posts about it are just deleted quickly. So, 
I mean, that that's just totally crazy to think that, you know, like you're in a guild and your th- things from your computer can be shared with other random players, you know what I mean, in your guild or in an opposing guild. Um, but that, that also gives you a huge advantage. You might think like, okay, so that what does that just do? Let them kick out the, the people who cheat from their guild and keep the guild better. Not really. What it, it lets you do is it lets you plan your launch. And when you have critical roles, you make sure that people who are cheating are not in those roles because if a suspension wave rolls out, those people will get hit and your raid will be unaffected, but your competition who doesn't have that data will be heavily affected. And uh, of course you think, well, people shouldn't be cheating, so it doesn't matter, but they went so long, so many years without enforcing any rules on these servers or just like token enforcement you know what i mean once or twice a year they do a suspension wave for people who are cheating and it just amounts to nothing like right you miss a a week a year three days a year uh for cheating so it it became endemic It, it is everywhere on live on tlp especially i mean it's totally crazy on tlp servers it's just assumed it is just assumed that you're using show eq even if you're not like when you tell someone like, hey, I don't run show EQ, like I don't know what what mob is up or what's around the corner. People are surprised. That's how it is on TLP in my experience. And uh, MacroQuest, it came and went a few times. There was a period of time when Finnegal was coming out where they started enforcing the rules pretty good when Holly was running things. Holly Longdale. And uh, she started that Finnegal server. It was after Ragefire and Lockjaw became a huge mess. And uh, they started clamping down on MQ pretty good. And only people who who could develop their own stuff, homebrew, you know what I mean, were able to really hack. Uh, and slowly that got shared out more and more and to the point where like now they just don't enforce it again, right? There was a time in 2021 where they were doing suspension waves every before every expansion launch. And every content release on live, there's like three content releases per expansion nowadays. So they would do a a suspension wave right before that. And that goes back into that advantage, right? So like, you know, there's going to be a suspension wave that people get zapped. It doesn't impact you because the the devs gave you the list, blah, blah, blah. But um, that was going on. And then they stopped doing that suddenly. And the, the problem really is just like, it's so inconsistent. If they, if they always did a suspension wave, just a suspe- I mean, like you should just ban people who cheat, right? But if they just did a suspension wave before every expansion and they didn't suspend a random assortment of people who cheat, but they suspended everyone who cheated, everyone they detected, um, then a lot less people would cheat, right? Because if like the most important time of, of the, the play cycle, you weren't able to take part, um, you just wouldn't cheat, you wouldn't risk it. But they don't do that. They don't do that. What they, they seem to do is they take a, a big list of people who they know are cheating because they can detect everyone who's cheating as far as we know. And um, a random percentage of that, a random selection will get suspended. You'll, talk, you'll, you'll look at people who are running like 40 box crews, right? Fully automated MQ, MQ bot crews, uh, farming stuff. And they'll have like three or five characters suspended. All the characters are always together. They're always automating. They're always doing the same things run by the same person. Why were only a select random assortment of them hit? You know what I mean? And you might think, okay, well, they need to do it that way to obfuscate their detection capabilities. I think that's kind of a cop-out. 
I think it really doesn't matter. I think the important thing to do is to, to discourage cheating by removing cheaters from the gameplay pool as frequently as you can. And uh, by failing to do that, what they've done is they've created a competitive atmosphere and not even just a competitive atmosphere like for raids, but I mean for everything. Um, they've created an atmosphere where like normal players who normally wouldn't cheat begin cheating because it's the meta because they feel like, okay, hey, um, if the rule is this, but you don't enforce the rule and those guys break the rule, I can never beat them or even compete with them in any way unless I also break the rule. So I have to break the rule to perform close to the same level. You know what I mean? And uh, people who wouldn't cheat just do it because they feel pressure to, they feel like they need to. And of course, you know, it's not an excuse. There are people who never cheat. There are people who, who do well. But even if you're in a, in a rating guild and you never cheat, you're totally, totally clean. You have benefited immensely, probably, from cheaters in your guild. There are different levels of cheating that you see in, in top guilds. Um, there, there's the kind of thing where there are members who cheat and you know there's members who cheat, but you can't really do anything about it. You can't confirm for sure that they're cheating, so you're not going to kick them. And... Um, then there's there's like where cheating is sort of open and accepted and it's just like everyone just agrees not to talk about it there's when cheating is talked about like when you share show eq um updates in your discord for everyone to grab every patch and then there is when cheating is part of strategy when you implement uh competitive planning around the ability to do things that are only possible because of macro quests or other hacks. So you say, okay, this mob is up when we enter the expansion. We need to be the first to kill this mob. So we will be 15 minutes ahead of the, the competition. And so this group will warp to it and kill it. That's like a, a, a policy level cheating that happens. All these different levels of cheating happen and are basically, um, th there's no net negative for doing it. The, the only sort of net negative that there used to be was that if you cheated enough and it was kind of well-known, it would hurt your recruitment. But it's become so ubiquitous and so unenforced over the years that uh, I don't even think that it hurts your recruitment anymore. People just accept it. And people go a step further and they say like, okay, it doesn't matter that this guild is cheating. I'll still join them because all the guilds are cheating. So it doesn't make a difference. Or... Um, They'll say like, this guild beat us and we were cheating, so they're definitely cheating. It taints everything. It taints absolutely every part of the game because the rules are not enforced. And it's it's been that way drifting ever since Finney came out. Finney was this shining moment in time where there was a very low amount of hacking on TLPs and it has gone all the way back the other, the other way to where I think there's probably more cheating now than there was on like Fippy, Rage Fire, and Lockjaw. I think that right now we're we're entering like a new peak in terms of how much um, cheating we see, not just show EQ, but with actual macro quests or Abyss EQ, whatever that that EQ bot shit is from that terrible website. Now with with Abyss EQ or EQ bot, I don't I don't remember if they're the same thing and just name change or they're just different aspects of the same the same thing. The, the crazy thing is like that whole thing was compromised and like every username and password and email associated with that was like leaked and dumped into the official Discord. So Darkpaw could actually just take that list of leaked data 
and cross-reference it with their user base. You know what I mean? And you don't even have to use it and, and use it as the basis on which you suspend people, right? Because you could make an argument that that's not fair. It could be a lie. But you see the names. You could investigate the players and quickly see whether or not they're actually cheating, right? For people who aren't familiar um, with the extent of what the cheats allow you to do, there's all sorts of things. Like Show EQ is just going to be a live map where you could see everything on the map all the creatures as they move, all the players as they move. Um, and that's going to be like a totally different piece of software that is probably in like a different monitor or something that you watch. Um, most people don't even consider it bad. At least the, the people I've talked to, it's considered like if you said, oh, so-and-so is using Show EQ, people would say like, who cares, right? Or some guilds even like, they're like, hey, we don't want our poolers to not be using Show EQ. And then you have like MacroQuest, which has a suite of tools that I'm sure most people are familiar with. You have like automation software, which lets you just like kind of script what you want characters to do. Imagine if you like you have a Gina trigger, right? People are familiar with Gina. If you had a Gina trigger that said um, when you're invis is fading, it pops up on your screen, says, hey, invis is fading. So you, the player, you know, re-click your invis. Imagine if whenever the log came through that said invis is fading, instead of it alerting you, the, the character just stopped automatically and re-invis. Now expand that out, you know, to immensely complex um, levels. And you could just autopilot raids, especially those early simple raids. So uh, that, is, that is a thing you could do. But you also have the thing called far taunt where you could target a mob well, first, you, you could target a mob from anywhere in any zone, right? So, like, if you're in a zone at the zone line of Straw Temple, you could target Blood of Straw. And then Far Taunt lets you do exactly what it sounds like. You just taunt that mob, no matter how far away it is. And then the mob comes running up to you, usually solo. So, obviously super powerful, um, unbelievably powerful on a server like Oakwind, where a first to engage is the law of the land. Um, then there's more uh, more devious hacks like warping the ability to just target something and then warp directly to it so you instantly transport it like the mob coughed you or you can warp to a location like a set of coordinates all that stuff is possible um, I think with EQBot they have like actual speed hacks and stuff they, there's a thing called like do crack that lets you like just basically become immune to fear and root and uh, probably snare all that kind of shit so imagine being a character that couldn't be feared, rooted, mezzed, stunned, or snared. And um, all your your things would were like automated. Like if you were a cleric, it would automatically target the lowest HP person on your extended target window and heal them based on their health. So all that could be a thing. I mean, like automated healers, I bet, are better than regular healers, like real healers in, in some scenarios, especially in early EQ where it's pretty simple and you don't have to make a lot of decisions. Uh, that's where that stuff really shines and that's why we see it so so abused on the TLP servers. And this stuff is, is well known. It's well known in the EQ community. It's well known by the staff. And we just don't see enough enforcement of the rules. Like, why don't they do anything about it? Honestly, the, the one server that got fucked the hardest for cheating was Rizlona, which was advertised as a server where you could do all that shit. And then they started suspending everyone on the server for doing it. It was crazy. So, of course, just more GM, more staff incompetence coming straight from the top 
deciding not to to do anything and enforce these rules. And you have to assume it's because of the bottom line, right? That that if there's a hundred accounts in this bot army, well, if you if you suspend them all or um, remove their ability to bot effectively, then you're losing your income. Like, look at Siren's Grotto. It's it's ruined now on every single server, of course, because of the plat tubes that we're going to talk about. But on Siren's Grotto, on any given TLP, you could walk into Siren's Grotto from the time Velius comes out till I don't know, like Gates of Discord. And there would be a big uh, bot team in every pick farming Siren's Grotto for gems and plat 24-7 around the clock. How could that happen? How could it be that a person is doing that and it is the same group of people doing it on every server? How could that happen and it, there, there's no enforcement? How could you not ban or suspend them? It's so obvious, so egregious. And uh, they just don't do anything about it. If you get really, really loud, you can maybe get them to enforce it. Maybe. But it's only a temporary suspension and the people come right back. I mean, trust me, a suspension or even a ban is not a deterrent to people who can literally just set a script to, to more or less level their team back up. And in a matter of a few days, they're, they're active again, redoing their stuff. And you only ban them once every six to 12 months. It just doesn't mean anything. It's like a three-day holiday for them. So totally meaningless levels of enforcement. Then you look at special rule set servers like Aerodune had like a three-box limit. Or was it a two-box limit? I don't even remember, but I know it fucking wasn't enforced. Like if you petition someone early on, very early on, they would maybe enforce it. But it's still part of the rule set. Um or was still part of the rule set recently. They might have just totally removed it uh, when they removed Truebox from a lot of these servers. And it was just totally unenforced. They just didn't care. Didn't investigate, didn't care, didn't enforce. So totally dumb. And uh, in my experience, when I had devs that I knew that played the game, um, these were EQ2 devs at least, but they were using super custom macro quest compiles that they were tailoring themselves and uh, like on Lockjaw, we had a dev in the guild. I, I won't name him because, um, you know, they'll send snipers to get me or whatever. But he he had the craziest setup I had seen. And he, he ended up boxing like 100 characters by the end of that server. And it was it was totally wild. And he's actually the reason they coded uh, the thing that made it so you could follow out of group. You remember, you used to have to be in group with someone to slash follow them. He got so tired of people accusing him of cheating, which he was, but he just didn't want to be accused of it, that he, he sent in the thing to get them to change it so you could follow people out of group. So then when he was using his stick command to make autofollow work, uh, which is apparently way better than autofollow, um, no one could, could say that he was cheating just because of that anymore. Because like he'd say, oh, look, you know, it's it's you can follow out of group. So when he had his 30 or 40 or 100 characters rolling through zones, it just there was a, a, a thin layer of plausible deniability. So that I think is the biggest issue here is is this lack of uh, enforcing rules. Like, I mean, you literally have like Blizzard, like World of Warcraft developers crafting active hacks for EverQuest, a, com a competing game. And the staff knows about it and they just don't do anything. So I don't know what more you could need, but I don't know if they'll ever fix it. I hope they do. But this kind of shit makes it like not worth playing the game seriously on these servers. 
Um, so on top of random GM rulings, unenforced rules, devs in the guilds, they also have like super broken shit that will go months or years without being fixed. Like remember on Fippy and Vulac, the, the, the harm touch wars when harm touch did like more than 10% of a mob's HP total. And you could just sit there with again, macro quested shadow knights. Like you could just have like 10 naked shadow knights and they would just instantly kill any raid mob. And that was for like over six months. It didn't get fixed and they knew about it and we cried about it every single day and they just didn't care. And it's like, the game is not really in a playable state for raid content right now because of this one thing. Like, just change the number to be, I don't know, 600 instead of 3,000. Totally crazy. Then half the time, they don't understand their own game. You'll do beta raids, and you'll have a death touch mechanic in a beta raid that kills you if, if you don't get true north cast on you. And you have to explain to the developer that True North is a self-only spell. So the majority of your raid, when they get hit with that ability, just dies and has no choice but to die. And yeah, I don't I, I understand that there's like some obscure item that you can use from like Eldon or some shit that lets you cast True North. No one's gonna try to farm that for their whole guild. Okay, like and that is just like one small example where it's so easy to look. And see that the spell that you're tying a mechanic to is self-only, right? There's uh, there's thousands of, of instances of this kind of shit that has happened over the years. And, and that's, you know, a person who's developing the premier content for a new expansion, premium content that you have to pay for every year. Um, and like pre talking about premium content, think about Eridun and them not enforcing that true box thing. Not the, not the true box thing, but the three box limit like that was part of the advertised rule set that was on a server where they advertised gm enforcement was like was the custom rule like hey gms are really gonna be here they're really gonna do shit here not they didn't do it that was a premium server that people are paying just to log into so that brings us to mischief mischief has been a it, it's all its own shit show like almost from the start okay like it it, it launched in an obviously broken state that was super predictable and like 10 minutes of testing on a GM character could have revealed. There was a bunch of loot from way, way out of era, like TSS kind of bullshit dropping off of rare mobs that shouldn't have been in the game because it was in the random pool. And everybody knew before Mischief launched that this was going to happen. Everyone was like, I bet this is going to drop. It was talked about on the forums. It was talked about in Discord. And sure enough, despite all the warning and predictions, it did indeed happen. Um, and then they're like hot fixing it. You know, they're hot fixing it as it happens, but you're just like, you could have hot fixed it yesterday, the day before launch, because it was so predictable and it wouldn't have broken anything. You had spike golems dropping cloak of flames in plane of hate. Like, come on now. The, the golems in plane of fear, which respawn on pick, were dropping dragon and god loot. So we would just go into plane of fear, kill the golems. Just bringing our raid force into fear would spawn a pick zone of it. So you pick over, kill them again, zone out, zone back in repop the pick repeat ad nauseum ad nauseum um which was totally ridiculous and then in classic yeah definitely in classic in in late classic of or, or maybe early kunark of uh mischief server there was this massive plat dupe um and the plat dupe was as far as i know not related to this one that we have currently 
This was just a, a plat dupe that a, a very small number of players had access to via a hack, and they were able to, to massively inflate the Chrono market on, on Mischief. And uh, even though Chrono went up like 300%, probably like more than 300%, it went from like being a thousand plat to being like 300,000 plat on Mischief um, for a Chrono. Devs at first like didn't even believe it. They weren't making any comment on it, never really fixed it. It was just like through natural patching, the the availability of that hack to work was degraded and the incentive to use it to generate more platinum was degraded because the the price of chrono versus the time investment to buy and offload it, you know what I mean, just became not worth it. Um, so that like just wrecked the mischief economy um, for no consequence, no reversal. Totally wild, totally wild, and they they just weren't uh, they were unable to detect it. They they couldn't do anything about it. And there was uh, in Valius there was an item dupe that was known to like five people. Uh, probably more than that, but the five people that I know of, you could dupe an item was very risky, um, and that was done a few times. Now we've got this current. Uh, this now I'll stay. I'll stay on mischief here. I'll stay on mischief here. Then in Valius we had like a bunch of a bunch of dumb shit loot issues, like Yelenak. For some reason, there was three Yelenaks on the table for loot for tier one in Valius. So like every time you killed a tier one target, there was like triple the normal odds that you were going to get shitty Yelenak loot. Then in Lucklin, they tried to make the shards of Lucklinite more common, make them zone drops, but they didn't take the five minutes it would take to go on to test and just like mass kill a zone with one, one GM kill button to look at the items. So they sent out the wrong items, making it impossible to key for VT. That was cool. You just had these shards of Lucklinite or, uh, that, that did nothing. These lucid shards, sorry. So that was great. Took a week or whatever to fix it. Then in Plains of Power, another cool one. There was two Solosec rows on the table. One was in tier two, one was in tier one, which made all the tier scheduling all fucked up and meant you got a ton of Solosec row loot. And then like tier three, tier two of Planet Time wasn't even on the random table for some reason for like the majority of the expansion, making it the rarest loot in the game. Um, mobs were spawning like that, that dropped top raid loot and could be infinitely farmed. I think, what was it? Mujaki. Everyone remembers that. In Kunark, that same shit was happening. Uh, um, rage fire. You could like mass farm rage fire for VP loot. In Velius, Western Waste Trash Dragons that spawned on picks. Uh, dropped Vulak loot and Avatar of War loot. But Avatar of War himself didn't drop any loot. Dropped like no loot at all. So all these things that you could actually just like diagnose in 10 minutes, especially with a GM character, they could just walk up to a mob on test and kill it instantly. Um, just go unfixed. You've got them pushing shit to test server. And then when you identify that it's broken, they don't fix it before pushing it to production. Like the shit UI system that we had to deal with lagging out your screen every time you opened a bag for like three months. Um, and it was well known on test and they're like, yeah, we're just going to push it anyway. So, that was cool. I mean, there's there's just such a history of incompetence and a lack of care or concern for the customer base 
and just not caring about the game, not caring about the game and, and the longevity of it. And that brings us pretty much all the way back to, um, to today, right? Today, we have a massive plat dupe that is uh, available on every EverQuest server and has generated probably more than trillions of platinum. Like you just walk up and give someone a billion plat any, at any moment and has wrecked the economy globally in the game. Um, and it's been going on for a number of days, has been unaddressed. Every time it's brought up, all the stuff about it is deleted. If if Daybreak or Darkpot controls the forum or the Discord that you're posting in. So like you can't even ask about it, but everyone knows about it. It's not like they're hiding anything. It It's insane to me that as soon as they were alerted about this, they didn't just bring the servers down and say, hey, we're going to take five hours and figure out the fix for this and then bring the servers back or just undo the the shitty system they added that enabled the dupe and don't put it back until you figure out how to make it not create a dupe. Hey, that's what we have test server for. So that would be cool. Uh, but they didn't do any of that. And as of the time of this recording, and probably still at the time that you're listening to it, you could log into EverQuest on any server, dupe as much plat as you want. And um, if anyone is dumb enough to sell you a Chrono at this time, you could buy it. So... I don't know what they're doing. It's a constant shit show. There is really no reason that it shouldn't have been stopped already. But this is like the second dupe in a couple of years that has has pretty much had no uh, no staff recognition from. And uh, this one, unfortunately, is like massively known and is impacting every server. So every economy is just totally fucked right now. Every server economy, um, every bazaar, totally worthless. Chrono values. Um, if you could find someone to sell you a chrono, it just doesn't matter. I don't know what they'll do. If they'll do like a multi-day rollback or or what's gonna happen. I imagine they'll suspend the people who abused it, but I mean it, it's it's the economy, so it spreads so endemically um that it, it's just gonna be a, a big problem to to chase. So yeah, I it's just a shit show, 24-7 shit show. And the rules are are almost never enforced. When they are enforced, it's random, haphazard, selective, and ineffective. And it's been this way for years and years, and it's probably going to continue being this way for years and years. And it's a shame because at its core, across almost every expansion, EverQuest is a great game. But it's just been horribly mismanaged and mistreated and not cared about by the staff for so long that uh you know we're in this state you know what i mean we're we're normal everyday players are just like loading up hacks because fuck it there's no consequence and uh that's where we're at so i don't even personally think that it's it's really worth playing on official everquest servers right now i think that if you continue playing on them if you continue playing on tlps um continue playing on live retail servers like you're just communicating to them that it's still okay. You know what I mean? There has to be a point where um, failing to fix things results in a loss of revenue. And I, I think they hit a point probably a long time ago where because they went so long without addressing the cheating and, and the hacking, it, it created a, a system where people who were going to quit over it already quit. And now when they ban people who are cheating, it's too much of the player base. 
and the people who quit because of cheating aren't going to come rushing back after like one band wave, right? Because the, the faith, the confidence in the company is so low that if they do a mass band wave, I'm just like, okay, cool. It's the, it's the semi-annual band wave. Who cares? Um, but if they started doing it really hardcore, even for a couple months, it would take so long to get that goodwill back for players. You know what I mean? And players would have still assumed that there was more cheating happening because it's just been so long. And so much of the player base is actively cheating that they just like kneecap their profit levels so severely by enforcing the rules. I don't know if they can enforce the rules anymore without risking a serious hit to the revenue source. And that might be the unfortunate reality of EverQuest now and in the future. It might be a system where like, hey, you know what I mean? Cheating is just going to be part of it. And uh, you can participate or not. But even if you're not cheating, you're benefiting from cheating because it is so common and it's in every single guild. And if it's not cheating, then it's corruption. And you have to accept that every year or two, there's going to be a massive dupe that wrecks the economy. And uh, that that dupe that was on Mischief, by the way, still not fixed. So every now and then it'll roll around. And if you're on a fresh TLP, you can expect the economy to randomly get wrecked when the, the stars align. So that'll, that'll be a big problem. Um, I don't know what they're going to do about it, but I just don't see... I don't see the reason to take the server seriously. Like if you go to play a, a TLP or a, a live server now, if you want to do a launch, just like go into it with your eyes wide open that it's basically a meme. You know what I mean? You play, play for a month, have some fun um, and accept that it's going to be a shit show and accept that like a huge percentage of the player base is cheating either passively or actively and nothing matters and there will be bots there will be massive amounts of RMT and the staff will just kind of look the other way. I don't want it to be that way, but that's kind of the way it's going to be. And yeah, definitely like any, any guild that is going to try to be competitive in those environments is almost necessarily going to participate actively uh, in that. And you can't blame them. You, you pretty much can't blame top guilds for doing it because you know, it's, it's that, uh, that that game theory right like if if i don't cheat but my competition does cheat then i will lose and there's no consequence to cheating but there is consequence to losing so then i must cheat and both guilds maybe want to not cheat but they think the same thing so two competing guilds both cheat because they fear the other guild will cheat it creates a self-fulfilling prophecy there's i know a lot of people who um, over the years have talked to me and they they use MacRequest or have used MacRequest and they wish they didn't have to use it, but they feel like they have to. I understand they don't have to. I understand that everyone could just stop. Um, but just like every nation could just stop going to war, but it never happens, right? People could just stop fighting about things, but it doesn't happen. Players feel like they have to cheat because it's not enforced, because the rules aren't enforced. And people uh, want to, quote, win at things. They want to be that first person to 50. They want to be that first person to 60, that first person with the epic shit, man. They just want to be the guy who gets that that uh, ire gassed and playing a hate and gets that item off of it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's all the way down to that group level, all the way down to just showy cue kind of stuff. Um, people are cheating because the rules aren't enforced and they feel like you have to keep up. There's the fear of missing out. There's the fear of losing, which as a guild, losing has a consequence. The consequence is you'd probably lose players to the guild that is winning. Um, and, and so cheating is just going to be part of the culture until they decide that they're going to start enforcing the rules and it's going to stop being a shit show. Like, 
I just don't see it. The way they're handling this active plat dupe, the biggest plat dupe we've probably ever seen in EQ, uh, which is by silently deleting all the all the player input about it and not fixing it for multiple days while it wrecks the entire uh, global EverQuest server economy, doesn't give me a lot of confidence in how they're going to handle the multitude of other problems that continue to happen across every server. So uh, when you play on the next TLP, understand that Truebox exists for you, but is optional for everybody else. Understand that Platinum will eventually have no value there. Understand that the people next to you are probably using passive or active hacks and understand that they will not face any consequences for doing so. And if you go into it and you're okay with that, then have have a fun time and you know what I mean? More power to you, but, but that's the reality right now. And I hope they change it. Uh, with that, that is my little rant about the incompetence of uh, the EverQuest staff over the years. And uh, of course, remember that this has been like, not just, it's not just Dark Paw, right? Though I don't know to what extent it, it matters what their name was because it's mostly the same people in the shit show. But it's been SOE. It was Varent before SOE. It was um, Daybreak and Dark Paw, all of them. All of them over the years have failed in this regard and will likely continue to fail because they don't want to spend the money or the resources or the time to do the r- things the right way. So this is what we're left with, the shit show. Um, and it's sad, but like you're literally better off playing on an emulated server. And people are like, oh, emulated servers have so much corruption, blah, blah, blah. Like, listen, dude. Retail servers have as much corruption as emulated servers do, okay? I've been playing on Quorum, and yes, we're going to do a Drama Quest episode on Quorum at some point. And trust me, Quorum is a shit show, a total shit show. Um, It's a lot of fun, but at least on Quorum, cheaters are getting banned. Um, At least on Quorum, there is an extremely active staff who is genuinely trying their best. You know what I mean? And and you got to give them props for that. But that is not what, what is happening to the official game that you have to pay to play. So it's sad that on a free-to-play emulated server, um, the community and custodians of the community police it far better than the, the real game has probably ever been policed. Don't agree with everything that happens on emulated servers. There is corruption on emulated servers, but it pales in comparison to the corruption, idiocy, and ineffective nature of the actual company that is charged with handling the EverQuest IP today. And I think with that, Zade out. Look forward to more Drama Quest soon.